together as we go into week three of our series uh, from the book of Ecclesiastes. I'll read aloud. You can follow along on the screen. There is a time for everything, the teacher says, and a season for every activity under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plan and a time to uproot, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather them. Time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. And what we're going to look at today, the next four lines, read those out loud with me, would you? A time to search and a time to give up. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to mend. A time to be silent and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. This is the word of the Lord. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm going to let some stuff go today. As you have a seat. Well, when you came in, you hopefully were given a, what we call the discipleship guide on, on the front is a place for you to take notes during the message. And then you'll notice on the back, uh, our life groups go through questions based on the message and that kind of helps to spark conversation. And that's what that's for. So hopefully you have that and, and you can uh, follow notes. Uh, but we're, we're in a series and we're talking about friends. And if you were with us last week, uh, we talked about how friends are for the times of your life and friends multiply life. And the reality is, is that things are happening in your world. You're in some season in your life. Uh, maybe you're in spring when things are growing. Maybe you're in summer and things are hot right now. Man, it is hot for me right now. Uh, maybe you are in fall and things seem like they are falling Uh, Maybe you're in what feels like winter where things are cold and things are dead. You're in a season. It's what you're currently going through. It's what you're up against. And if you're keeping notes, this is the first fill in the blank. Friends are your support in your season. That's what friends are for. Friends are your support in your season. Now, listen. It's the truth that it is hard to face your season alone. If you go through a particular season in life and you are by yourself, the the, the reality is is that your joys are cut in half and your sorrows are doubled. It's bad math. And and we don't like it. Uh, In fact, if, if things are going really well and you have no one to celebrate with, you feel maybe more alone than if you're going through something that bad and you have no one with you. Uh, your joys are, are cut in half. Part of the joy of life when something good happens is to tell somebody that's a friend that cares about you and they celebrate with you. Yeah, that's amazing. You got the promotion. It's amazing that you're making more money. It's, a, it's amazing that you're having a child. It, it's, that's what friends are for. Uh, but if you're going through something bad, it feels very bad because you're alone. Your sorrows are doubled. But when you have friends, it's, it's the reverse. The math changes and your joys are doubled and your sorrows are cut in half. Because here's what friends do uh, during the seasons of your life. They're, they're there to remind you, this too shall pass. Uh, when, when you are in school and you don't see the end of school, your friends remind you, this too shall pass. Uh, when you're looking for someone, you're looking for a spouse, and you, you're looking for that special partner, and you think you're never going to find them, they say, this too shall pass. When you finally marry them, and you have some kids, and you're about to lose your mind because they're never going to get out of diapers, your friends remind you, when you're in your sleep-deprived state, this too shall pass. 
when you are going uh, to the point where your parents themselves are starting to age and you're caring for them and you're not sure how that's going to go, your friends come and they remind you in a way, this too shall pass. So your friends are for the times of your life and, and they multiply life to you. Now, um, this is a silly illustration, uh, but I think it will make the point. Suffering largely comes from facing life solo. You know the character in Star Wars, for those of you who have never seen Star Wars, um, please watch it. <laughs> uh, one of the main characters is a guy by the name of, not, not coincidentally named, Han Solo, right? He kind of does things by himself. And, and he's kind of the image of what we think we're supposed to be like in life, that we're somehow just supposed to tough it out and go alone. That's the, that's the image of your, if, you're, uh, if you're really tough, then you can handle anything that life throws at you. But the reality is, is that Han Solo had Chewbacca, right? So li- that means that life is better even if the only person you have with you is big and hairy, okay? That's, that's, what, that, that's what that message is. But, but the reality is, is that life is full of what Ronald Rollheiser calls curses. Now, um, when I say that, I don't mean what you think I mean. I don't mean a four-letter word. I don't mean someone saying something bad to you. Uh, that, that's not what Ronald Rollheiser means. That's not what it means that life is full of cursing, though that happens. Uh, a curse is a, a disposition or an attitude that someone has toward you. Uh, it's their way of uh, when they could choose to be a blessing to you and to bless you with the way they relate to you. Instead, they choose to curse you, and their communication to you is some form of saying to you, listen, I don't like you. Maybe they don't say that, but you certainly pick that up. Um, you are a threat to me. You aren't like me. Get out of my presence. They curse you. Now, this this reality that life is full of cursing is with us from the time we are little, when we're in, uh, we're little kids and our parents are feeding us food in the chair, and when they do the airplane move into our mouth, and we take the food, and we're, for the first time we're able to, to take the food ourselves into our mouth, and then in our exuberance and our joy at how great it is to feel all the textures of whatever it is we were just fed, we throw it everywhere, right? We spit it, we, we slap, we... We do all this in the chair, and our parent, who is exhausted and tired, says, Stop it! Stop being so full of life! I'm too tired! That, in a kind of a phrase, is a curse. Now, the result, because life is so full of this kind of cursing where someone communicates to us, Your presence is a burden to me, instead of a joy is the result, Ronald Rollheiser says, is that most adults walk around with a, with a low-grade depression. Not, not, not clinical, but just joyless, uptight, unhappy, uh, and most adults are living in that, that reality. And, and so the teacher, the writer of Ecclesiastes, most writers say King Solomon, He names the times and the seasons of our life and tells us what friends are for. Because if you know the context, he says that two are better than one. You need somebody else. That's the context of this whole passage in Ecclesiastes chapter 4. So what I'd like to do is I'd like to to name four seasons of life 
and show you how to help a friend you have going through those seasons of life. And so if you're taking notes, um, you can follow along as we talk about these. Um, He says that there are times that you search and times that you give up. Let's call that the season of seeking. The season of seeking. Uh, That's when you're looking for something. There are seasons in your life when you're looking for something. Uh, You're looking for peace, or you're looking for purpose and meaning, or you're looking for a way to make money, or you're looking for a better future, or you're looking for a partner, you're looking for a wife, you're looking for a husband, or maybe you're looking for a new wife or a new husband, or you're looking for health. You're you're seeking. You're looking. That's just kind of the season that you're in. You're looking for something, and, and you search during that time. But during that time, also, sometimes you give up. Either because you found it, now you looked for a spouse and then you found one, or, or uh, you, some of you, when you give up, you, you're looking for a spouse and you give up, and the reason you give up is you don't trust yourself to find the right person, so you keep looking for what you've already found and they're sitting right next to you. <laughs> and, and you give up. But sometimes you give up because you feel like you just can't keep going anymore. I'm too tired. I've had enough of this. You feel like it's time to move on, and so you say something like, I've searched long enough. It's a season of seeking. Uh, There's, the writer says, uh, times that you keep and times that you throw away. Let's call this a season of transitioning. Now, I'm not, I understand that that word has been adopted by the gender conversation. I'm not referring to that, okay? Uh, I'm I'm talking about uh, uh, the times that you're going from here to there. Wherever here is and wherever there is. It's a, it's a parenthetical time. Parentheses. Uh, I, I moved uh, every, uh, when I was in the seventh grade in English class learning grammar. And then I moved again, my family moved again when I was in the ninth grade in English class learning grammar. So my grammar ain't no good. <laughs> so I, I, but I, I did pick up, I did pick up that, that when, when there's a parentheses in a sentence, it's a pause in the flow of thought. And that's, that's a reality in life. There are times when a pause in the flow of what's happening is what's happening. It's the season that you're in. And you're transitioning from here to there. And you're not here anymore, but you're not there yet. And so it's this waiting time, this transitioning time. Maybe you're moving from one place to another. Maybe you're moving from one relationship to another. Maybe you're moving from one perspective to another. Any way you look at it, in this season, there's a pause in the regular flow of things. And when you're in a transition, this is what you have to do. When you're moving from here to there, you have to decide what to keep and what to throw away. Remember, if you're old enough, when you moved out of your parents' house and you'd accumulated all this stuff, maybe your parents had kept all of these pieces of memorabilia from your life growing up, and you sat down maybe, and you went through everything, and you made a decision because you were transitioning from here to there, and you made a decision, like, I think I'm going to keep that. I don't know why my mom kept that pacifier, so I'm going to throw that away. (laughs) Right? You you let some things go. You, You looked at them, and you decided what to keep and what to throw away. And when you're keeping, you're deciding things like, well, which promises do I keep, and which confidences do I keep, and how long do I keep trying, and what do I need to hope in, and do I keep the beliefs that brought me to this place? Do I keep the attitudes that brought me to this place? You're asking, what am I going to hold on to and take with me where I'm going? You're trying to figure out, what do I keep? And then at the same time, you're also saying, i got to throw away. Maybe you're in this season of transition, and you're ready to throw away the hurt and pain that you've carried. 
Uh, maybe you, think, you realize, oh, there's some attitudes I've held on to I need to let go of. It would be wonderful if I could throw away the depression that shadowed me for years. It'd be wonderful if I could get rid of the heartache that I've nursed. There's old outlooks and attitudes and hang-ups that are holding me back because I can't go there if I don't deal with what's been here, if I can't throw away some things. And, and, and listen, transitioning is good. It's, it's part of life. It's the season of transitioning. Maybe that's the season that you're in. Then the writer tells us that there are times that you tear and there are times that you mend. Let's, let's call this the season of moving. I don't, I don't mean, I know my, my words might be confusing to you here, but I don't mean you're, you're moving houses or locations. I mean you're, you're in motion. It's the movement of life. Like you're just moving. Like things are just happening. And uh, when you move, you know, right? When you move, when you're doing have motion, you knock into some things. That's part of the process. And, and, and when you move, some, move uh, some things get torn, don't they? Uh, maybe you, so you decide there are things, okay, I've got to tear and then I've got to mend. And sometimes those things just happen, you know. You tear away, you leave home and you get married. You tear apart. Maybe you tear apart a friendship or a marriage or you, you tear up. You tear up. I don't need that anymore. Or maybe you tear your body, you get hurt, you, you Tearing hurts. This can be a very painful season of life because sometimes when you tear up, you tear up. That happens, right? But then sometimes when you're moving, you realize I have to mend. I have to mend relationships or I have to uh, mend fences or I have to mend my money or I have to mend my mind or mend my body or mend my, mend my soul. And when we're moving, listen, we don't always know what to do. Sometimes we tear when we should mend, and sometimes we mend when we should tear, and sometimes we do the one when we should be doing the other. And listen, in God's economy of things, life will teach you if you listen. There's a, a proverb in uh, Proverbs chapter 20, verse 27, that says this, and it means here when it uses the word man, all men and women, the spirit of man or mankind is the lamp of the Lord. Your, your spirit, what you're going through, what, what you're feeling, what what you're processing, what you're trying to figure out is the lamp of the Lord searching all that person's innermost parts. In other words, God is using what's happening in you to help you see where you are. It's the season of moving. And then the teacher says that there are times that we're to be silent and times that we speak. Now, let's, let's call that the season of processing. You know, I'm trying to figure out what, what in the world's going on. What in the world's happening? And when you're silent, sometimes you're silent in awe. You know, you, you have no words. I, I um, and, and a few years ago, went with World Vision, and some of our runners are, are getting ready to run again the, the Chicago Marathon um, for Team World Vision. And I, I went with World Vision to Kenya, and uh, one, one night, just one night, we uh, went and stayed in a tent on, on the, the Maasai Mara, which is a famous uh, game reserve in Africa. In Africa, um, when you go to the zoo, your car is the cage, and the animals roam free. So don't get out of the cage, is the, is the lesson. And, and so we were in tents, um, and, and it was kind of interesting. There was a little barrier uh, around this camp that was maybe as wide, maybe not quite as wide as this rug. And I, I wanted, and they, I said, why is that there? I said, well, that's to keep the lions out. So I tested it, I thought, I wonder if I can jump across that. And I could, which was kind of scary, right? But so we're in this tented camp, and I remember I got up the, the next morning, and I woke up because it was a tent, and it was, kinda, it was open with a little screen 
I guess that would keep me the lion from eating me. I don't, I don't know. But, but that, so I get up, and, and, and it's the sunrise, and I, I don't have any words for what I experienced. One of the most holy and reverent moments in my life as the sun came up, and I ran to where I could take a picture of this beautiful sunrise coming over the Masai Mara, the, the savanna of, in Africa there. And, and I was silent. I had no words. I was like, Sometimes we're silent for reasons like that. Sometimes we're silent because we're in despair. Because we're processing. We're trying to figure out what happened. Or sometimes we speak, you know, we, we talk out loud or we try to make sense of what happened. We're trying to understand. It's the season of processing. Now, all, for all these seasons, that's, that's what friends are for, the times of your life. They're for the seasons of your life, and they remind you that this too shall pass. Now, how do you help a friend through their season? I, I think in this whole conversation about friendship that we're having, it's way more important for you to focus on you and being the right kind of friend than it is for you to go, I wish someone would be my friend. Because I've found that it's much easier to make friends when you're the right kind of friend than it is to try and get someone to like you. I've just found that's the case. And so we're focusing on you and, and what you need to do in order to uh, help your friend through their season. So here's what I want to do as, 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 uh, as we go through um, these seasons. I'm going to give you a metaphor to help you think about what your friend is going through, just a kind of a word picture. And then I want to give you a scripture or a character in scripture that you can use to say, okay, now that's how I need to help them get through this, okay? Can we, can we do that? So here's, here's when your friend is seeking, what, what are they doing? They're, they're looking, right? They're in, in search mode. They're trying to sort out all of this. Uh, so let me give you the, the metaphor, the image. Um, they're, they're at the store and they're looking for something. So what you need to do is you need to go to the store with them and ask them what they're looking for and then help them look. Well, it might be down this aisle. No, I'll tell you what. I'm going to go over uh, to the frozen foods. Maybe they put it over there. I don't know. I'll go look over there while you look over there. And then you meet back up. And the, Do you find it yet? No, I'm still looking. I'm still, you help them look. And then, listen, this is really key. This is really, really important. If they give up, it might be because it's not at that store or they no longer need it. So you go with them to the store. Here's the fill in the blank. Help them look, and when they give up, support them. Because that's what friends are for. So let me give you a, a, a character from the scriptures. Uh, I'm going to give you the character, and the character is the wise men who came to look for Jesus. They're the biblical lookers, and when they were looking, they brought gifts. So sometimes your friend needs the gift of your presence. And, and let me say this too. If you're, if you're a follower of Jesus and you have a friend who is not a follower of Jesus, um, it, this, this holds true for both of you. But here's what, here's what I've found about life, and, and most people don't pause long enough to see this, but underneath every search for whatever it might be. Like, if I can find that thing, every, I've found that underneath every search, what really is going on is the search for God. Because what the, the wise men did is they, they came to Jesus. So in the way that you can, as your friend is searching, bring them to the God who is behind every search. Uh, okay, so when your friend is transitioning, um, what are they doing? They're waiting, so you have to sit with them while they are waiting. But listen, this is so important. Don't impo impose your timetable on their journey. Say that out loud with me, ready? 
Don't impose your timetable on their journey. One more time. Don't impose your timetable on their journey. Let's, let's personalize it and say, don't impose my timetable on their journey. Ready? Don't impose my timetable on their journey. Now, that's, that's the image is, is they're, they're moving. They're, they're moving from one house to another. And you know, if you've done that, if you've moved from one apartment to another or bought a new home, that the drawers get opened up and everything gets gone through. And if you're like most of us, you, you look at, oh, I didn't know that was in that drawer. Oh, look at that picture of the kids. Oh, I can't believe how little they were. And, and you get stuck and what's supposed to take you five minutes takes an hour. You know what I'm saying? And, and you see a lot of things that you thought that you had lost. <laughs> you know, like, I didn't know, I didn't know I still had that thing. And, and, and then you also realize some things like I have how many plastic lunch boxes? Why do we have so many coffee cups? I have six hammers. I have six hammers. I have six hammers. You know what I mean? And you're asking the question when you're moving, do I keep this or do I throw this away? So here's the key for you. This is the fill in the blank. Help them sort through things for as long as it takes. Help them sort through things for as long as it takes. Now let me, here's the image from the Bible and it's an image in the negative and it's from the story of Job. Job is uh, one of the books in the Old Testament. It's about a man who uh, is a righteous man, the scriptures say, has, is very wealthy, has multiple children, loses everything. Everything's gone. It's a story of when life really hurts. And, and, and Job's friends come to him, and they do what they're supposed to do, and they grieve with Job, and they mourn with Job, and they do the things that they're supposed to do. But then they do what many of us do when someone is trying to transition from here to there. They put their timetable onto Job's journey. Job, you should be over this by now. Why are you still wrestling with this, Job? This is your fault that you're in this, Job. I mean, they just become anti-friends. Don't do that. Don't put your timetable on their journey. So when they're moving, life comes at you fast. The image I'll give you is of your kids growing up, right? You, you get, when your kids are growing up, you get ouchies and boo-boos, and there's trips to the ER, and there's late-night calls to the doctor, and there's crying, and there's tantrums, and I'm not even talking yet about what the kids go through, right? <laughs> right? <laughs> th- th- things get torn, and things get mended, and the scars become stories, sometimes of bravery and sometimes of fear. That's, that's, what, that's what your friend is going through. They're trying to... They're just moving. This life is happening. It's coming fast. And I'll give you the, the, the image from the scriptures, and it's a, a person in the New Testament. Um, he was nicknamed, we, we know him by his nickname, and his nickname was Barnabas. And Acts chapter 4, verse 36, his real name was Joseph. Maybe you didn't know this. Joseph was a Levite from Cyprus, whom the apostles called Barnabas, which means, what's the phrase? Son of encouragement. He was such an encourager to people that they gave him the nickname. You're the son of encouragement. You're Barnabas. And here's, here's what courage, encouragement means. It means you put courage into somebody. Encourage. So help put, here's the fill in the blank. Help put courage in them for the things that hurt and for the task of mending. And, and that's through your presence and through your words. You can mend that. You can do this. You've got this. I've got you. I'm for you. I'm with you. You aren't alone. You're competent enough to figure this out. You can do this. 
When your friends are moving, when your friends are processing, what are they doing? They're trying to figure out what to do and what to say. I'll give you the image. Um, If you've played sports and you've ever lost a game or won a game, if you lost a game and you're, uh, you, you have a spirit of competition in you, then you're trying, as soon as that loss happens, you're going, what did I do wrong? Why did I do this? How can I do that better? How do I get better at that? I, I wish that play hadn't happened and this should have happened instead. You're, you're trying to figure out what's going on. And then if, you're won, if you won, you're feeling elated. And so here's what you have to do to help them. You have to help them celebrate and you, when they're processing and you have to help them mourn. This is how Paul says it in Romans chapter 12. Rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. It is a real test of friendship I have found when a friend does better than you and you're still able to rejoice with them. Because we can all kind of, sort of, feel some compassion when someone goes through something difficult. But when our friend does well, oh, that should have been me. When they're processing, rejoice with them and mourn with them. And, and here's, the, here's the biblical image. And it's the entire book of Proverbs, which if you've read it, is about figuring out the right path. And your, your friend is just trying to figure out the right path. Which way do I go? So Proverbs chapter, uh, in Proverbs chapter 3, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. That's, that's your goal. Is you're, you're helping your friend trust in the Lord and Find the right path. Now, listen, those are all, those are all helpful. I, I hope you'll take the notes. I hope you'll uh, remember that. I, I hope you'll think about your own life. I hope you'll think about your friends and go, how can I help my friends get through this transition? But here's what I know some of you are saying, because some of you said this last week. But I don't have any friends. I don't really know how to do this. Well, here's what I want to tell you, and this is where it starts is I would like for you to meet my friend Jesus. Because he's the true friend who seeks you when you're searching. You're looking, you're looking, you're looking. If I find this, if I get married, if I get a different job, if I can just work this out, everything will be okay in my life. And then have you ever found, have the experience where you get that thing and then you go, it's not quite what I thought. Because what you were really searching for was God all along. It's the search underneath the search, and Jesus seeks you out in the process. And when you're going through transitions, when he, he takes you from here to there, when you're in this parentheses and there's a pause in everything, and you're like, I'm not sure what's going to happen. I'm not sure if it's going to be okay. I don't feel secure. I don't know what's going to happen next. He's with you in the transition. And when you're moving fast, he points you in the right direction and heals your pains. And, and he's a, a great counselor who helps you process what's going through. Jesus is my friend. I'm not, I'm not, listen, I'm not telling you about an idea. I'm telling you about a person. I'm telling you about my friend. And it's, it, it starts with having Jesus as a friend that enables you to then become the kind of friend where you have other people as your friend. Because until you heal what's going on inside of here, you're always going to other people and you're like, you're like you have a tick relationship, right? You're kind of sucking off of them. <laughs> And sucking some of the life from them until you have something met on the inside. So you have to have Jesus as your friend. So if you don't know Jesus as your friend, start right there and make Jesus your friend. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray. And um, uh, I want you to think about your life. And I want you to think about where you are. And I want you to think about where your friends are. And the friend in your life that maybe this week God would want you to reach out to and help. 
and the friend this week that um, you need to call and say, hey, man, let's get some coffee or something. Uh, but you may also be the person, you just need to make Jesus your friend. And this would be the day you would say, I would like Jesus to be my friend. And so I'm just going to pray for you and uh, give you some words to say to do that. Okay? Would you bow your head, close your eyes with me? Thank you, Jesus, that you're a friend who sticks closer than a brother. You're the faithful friend uh, that we cannot find. You're a true friend who is with us in every season of life. You don't, we don't have a season in our life uh, that pushes you away. You don't ever look at our reality and say, oh, sorry, I can't help. Once you, once you figure that out, let me know. You're a true friend who sticks close. You're, you're a brother of, of, who's born for our adversity. And so um, we would like to be reminded again that you are our friend and that friendship ultimately comes from our friendship with you. And so for my friends here today who don't know you as a friend, I pray that this would be a beautiful moment when they begin a life-changing friendship with you. So many of us in the room have experienced the life-changing friendship that you have with us. And so if that's you, you can just say something like, dear God, just in your own heart and mind. I haven't realized that what I've really been searching for is you all this time. When I thought I'd find some comfort in a bottle, I was really looking for you. When I thought if I had more money, things would be okay, I was really looking for you. And so I want to make you my friend. And I want to go where you'll take me and where you'll lead me. So be my friend today. Start today by changing me from the inside out. Make me new. Forgive my past and my sin and my failure. Be with me through every season. And then, Lord, I know in the room we have people in every season. People who are desperately seeking, desperately searching. Oh, impress on their hearts that you're the end of every search. We have people in the room who are going through transition and uh, they're in a, a waiting, feels like an endless waiting room and they don't know when that will ever end. Impress on them that you're already there. You're already in there there. So you'll get them there. And there are people who are, they're just going through life. It's just... It's just one thing after another and there are things that have been torn and there are things that need to be mended and uh, it feels like an endless to-do list and um, life is just speeding up and not slowing down. And Remind them that you're the healer who heals the tears, is able to mend the things that we've torn apart. And for my friends who are just trying to figure out what it all means, they're processing 
They may not have any words. They may have a lot of words, but they're, proud. they're just trying to, oh, be their counselor. And now, God, thank you that you place us in your family where we can be friends with one another, that we can be for each other, that we can be uh, friends for the seasons of life, that we can uh, do our best, not, not perfectly, but do our best to be there for our friends. And so thank you uh, again for these groups that are going to start where these are environments where friendship can grow. Oh, I pray that friendship would grow. Lifelong friendship would grow. Healing friendship would go. Hope-giving friendship would grow. Deep friendship would grow. Oh, God, pray for that. And so thank you now that you're with us in the times of our life. They are, our times are in your hands, as the psalmist says. And so we're grateful for that. Thank you for being our friend. The God of the universe, our friend. We thank you and we pray all of this in your name and all God's people said, amen. I'll invite you to stand with me. I always leave you with a blessing. If you'd like to pray, there'll be some, a couple folks up here who will be happy to pray with you. We, we leave you with a blessing. And um, I, I do like this, which uh, doesn't mean that I have the force or anything like that. That's just my way of giving you a blessing as you leave. And if some of you will receive that this way, uh, if you're comfortable doing that, do that. Receive this blessing. You're sent now to love God to love people who can become your friend and to serve the world. In Jesus' name, hug someone, tell me you love them. See you next week.